Well, it's good to be here again uh, today with you. And uh, let's uh, open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for being able to gather here together on, on your day. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this church. Uh, Father, I, I pray that you would enable me that I would stand aside from any uh, self-reliance that I may depend upon as I really have no self-reliance. And so, Lord, uh, may your word here today uh, be an encouragement as uh, we have this freedom to, to gather here and to honor you, to glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of First Thessalonians. And uh, this morning and uh, the evening service at 6 o'clock, we're going to be in uh, the books of Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians. And, and uh, I'm going to somewhat give an overview, but we'll, we'll have some uh, certain themes that we want to point out. And uh, so this is the, the Thessalonian church. Uh, they would be called the model church. Uh, the, this uh, epistle that Paul would write would be one of his earliest uh, epistles written in about the year uh, AD 51. And uh, Paul had ministered there. The, the church had been established. Paul had really only been there for what uh, uh, Bible teachers say probably was only for about four weeks. And a church was established. And a few Jewish people got saved, but for the most part, it was a Gentile church. And as Paul went there, and, and by the way, he went there as part of the Macedonian call. Remember the Macedonian call that he received? And so there he went, Macedonia, which is northern Greece, uh, to the city of uh, Thessalonica. And, and that city exists today. If you look on a map today, it's called Lonica. And it's on the eastern part of Greece. It was a, a port city, an important city. And, and so God established a, a church there. And as I said, Paul wasn't there very long. He had, he had to get whisked out of the city uh, because of the opposition, the opposition of re, religion, the Jewish leaders, the threats against him. Uh, but but uh, he was there with them. He was teaching. Other believers were there. And, and God established a church. And so we see in verse 1, uh, it says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus and Silvanus and Silas unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is of God, the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you notice uh, this church was in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were a, a church, a true Christian church, because they were in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you in the Lord Jesus Christ today as you're here uh, this morning? Uh, uh, that, that's God's desire for you, to, to be in Christ. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And when a person is in Christ, by trusting in Christ, believing in Christ, for what he has done because of our, our, our great problem of our sin, Christ died. Why did he die? For our sins. The great problem that we all have, mankind all has, is their sin problem. But Christ died for our sins. We put our faith in him. We put our trust in him. We believe in him. So they were a church. They were a model church. They were a young church. They were a vibrant church. They were a serving church. They were a church that was an example. But they had some questions. 
And we'll see these questions addressed here in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. It's kind of like, uh, where, where are we? Where are we in the great timeline of, of, uh, of the local church and God's plan for man? Where are we? It's kind of similar to today, really. People are asking themselves, where, where are we? What's going on in the world? What, what, all these events, what's, what's happening? Is, is the rapture close? Uh, have we, in, in here in this case, the question is going to come up, have we missed the rapture? Second Thessalonians, are we into tribulation? And if we're honest, we, we, we notice that some people are kind of thinking the same things. Maybe you have had some of these kinds of thoughts. Where are we? What's, what's, what's kind of going on? Now remember, they're, they're a model church. We go on, it says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of, of you in our prayers. And so this is the model church. We're reading about it. Paul's very thankful for them. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope. Now, they, they were faithful. Notice what they were faithful in. Paul says, I remember your work of faith. They were a, a people of faith. They were a church of faith. They, they were a, a church of labor of love, a church that labored in their love. And, and they, they were a church that had patience of hope. They were persevering in hope, this expectation. Uh, hope in the Bible is a sheer expectation that is to come. They were patient in hope. They were persevering in hope. They were uh, enduring in hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God, our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. They, they were believers. Paul says, you're, you're believers. You're, you're part of this church. And then he says in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. God had done a great work. The Holy Ghost had done a great work. The, the power of the Holy Ghost was evident. And uh, when the power of the Holy Ghost is evident, people's lives change. When you got saved, the power of the Holy Ghost was at work in your life. The Bible says in John 16 that when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world. He will convince the world. He will persuade the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And, and then it says, of sin, because they believe not on me. He doesn't convict us. To get saved, the person doesn't need to get convicted of, of all these sins. But the, the sin that brings salvation is the understanding, is the sin of unbelief. People either believe or they don't believe. And when the Holy Ghost works in great power and, and brings a person to, to salvation, he convicts them of their unbelief, of sin, because they believe not in me. And so the working of the Holy Ghost was evident. When you got saved, was the Holy Ghost working in your life? The Holy Spirit's working in your life. Was that evident? Did you come under conviction of your sin? That old hymn at Calvary, then I what? Trembled at the law I'd spurned. The working of the power of the Holy Ghost brought them into the faith, brought them to be in Christ. How about uh, three hours of preaching, an hour and a half of prayer? 
Is that an example of the working of the power of the Holy Ghost? Absolutely. And so this is who they were. They weren't lacking. Uh, they, they, they were a, a model church. They, they were uh, busy in their work of faith and their labor of love and their patience of hope. Uh, so he commends them. They're being commended. The power of the Holy Ghost had been evident in their lives. Verse 6, and ye became followers of us and, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. They received the word in much affliction. The way of trials, the way of troubles, the way of affliction is, is, is the way of, of, of our walk, isn't it? With many trials and troubles, trials and tribulations, you shall enter into the kingdom of God. They received the word. Uh, they, they, were, they were under the threat of religion, of, of the Judaizers. Verse 7, so that ye were examples, examples to to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. What a church. They were a model church. They became followers of us. Back to verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word of much affliction. I call that being all in. And that's a phrase we hear people use today. Are you all in? Well, they were all in, weren't they? Verse 7, they were examples, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. What a church, young church. They, they had been taught, they, they, they had yielded, they had said no to their ways and their self-reliance and self-dependence. And, and they were following the word of God. And, and, and then verse 8, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord. They weren't only examples, but they were evangelistic. Sounded out the word of the Lord. There's a lot for us to learn here, isn't there, as we follow the pattern of this church. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith to God word is spread abroad so that, ye, uh, that we need not to speak anything. Wow. They were a good church. They were, they were a, a model church. We read in verse 9, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. They, they were a church that uh, was a saved people. They were saved to serve they, they turn from idols to serve the living and true God. Now, as we go through this this morning, as we look at the, the, the points of this church, we got to ask ourselves, where am I? Am I all in? Am I an example? Am I evangelistic? Have I? And we also see here in verse nine, they were a church of conversions. They, they, they turned from serving idols to serve the living and true God. They, they were a, a, a church of a people to serve God. Do you have a conversion? Believers have conversions. They, they turn from sin in a, in a past life, and, and they, they, they ser, turn to serve the living and true God. And Jesus Christ is their redeemer. Jesus Christ is their savior. Jesus Christ has rescued them. Have you had that experience in your life? 
Now, as I was kind of look, going through this and looking at this, the model church, you know, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, Grace Baptist Church, there they are in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, there, there they are on the edge of the city. There they are, uh, you know, uh, ministering to the city. There they are being faithful. There they are being evangelistic. But, but they had, you know, they had some concerns. And we, and we see the things that they had been taught how Paul had taught them and, and the other disciples had taught them and, and they had taught them all the right things, hadn't they? Verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven. They were taught this as well. Being a model church, they, they were a church that was waiting for God's son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Jesus Christ, waiting for Jesus Christ. What is this a reference to? It's a reference to the rapture. Now, they were, weren't just sitting on their hands and, and going, woe is me, and I, and, I, and I hope that rapture comes. No, they were a busy church. They were a faithful church. But, the, but they had been taught to be looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to, to wait for his son from heaven, when, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. He delivered us. Another word for delivered there is rescued us. Rescued us from the wrath to come. Well, what's that referring to? That's referring to the tribulation. Uh, the, the, the wrath to come, the, uh, the, this, this time period in history, Jesus is going to deliver us from the wrath to come. We're not going to go through that. And in 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, we're going to see references to, they're kind of wondering. Are we in the tribulation? Are we going to go through the tribulation? And there are people today that, that have kind of gone to that belief system. We're, we're going to go through the tribulation as believers. Now, who are they waiting for here? Who are they looking for? And to wait for who? His son. They're waiting for Jesus Christ. They're looking for Jesus Christ. And by the way, in First Thessalonians alone, as I went through this, the references to the rapture, I think I counted at least five pretty clear references that pop up to the rapture of, of believers and, and waiting for his son and so on. You know, and, and some people today, they're kind of in this thing where, no, they, they've, they've given up on believing in the rapture. They, they set it aside. By the way, the rapture was important enough for the Apostle Paul to teach to these believers. It, it's, it's a truth. And we don't have to be ashamed of it. It's in the Bible. He taught them. We see that. And he's going to remind them of these things that I taught you. And everything that he taught them, he taught them holiness. He taught them faith. He also taught them to be waiting for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so some people, are they, they, they don't believe this. They don't believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. They, they believe in a, in a mid-trib or, or uh, another one that's kind of become common is by, for some is called the pre-wrath rapture. And, and the, the wrath of God doesn't begin until three-fourths of the way through the tribulation. Seriously, three-fourths of the way. So believers are going to go three-fourths of the way through the tribulation. So who are they looking for right now? They're looking for the Antichrist. They are. They're, they're, and uh, I, I've read things, and uh, I actually, I've, I've talked to somebody, and, and uh, we're, we're, they're looking for the Antichrist. Uh, the the pre-wrath. You know, the, 
unbelievable, really. I mean, God has, you know, this is what God has for, for his church and, and from the wrath to come. Well, chapter 2, we'll talk more about, well, let's just look at First Thessalonians. Let's just skip over chapter 5, verse 9 quick and look at a verse. First Thessalonians 5, 9, before we go to chapter 2. For God hath not appointed us to what? Say it with me. Wrath. He's not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. There's that word again, deliverance by our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our deliverer. Jesus Christ is our rescuer. You can say that as a believer. Jesus Christ is my deliverer. Jesus Christ is my rescuer. Chapter 2, now we begin to look a little bit at the, the model servant. Well, the model church, well, the model servant, of course, was the Apostle Paul. His disciples, Timothy, is going to be used. And, and since Paul got whisked out of there, you know, Paul had a heart for these people. He was wondering how, how they were doing. Uh, he sent Timothy back in to, to, to find out how they were doing. Timothy came back, reported to Paul, you know, where they were. They were being faithful. Some of the questions they had, Paul would address that in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. These two letters, these two epistles that he would write to them. So the model servant. We read in chapter 2, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, all Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with, with much contention. Now we're looking at the, the, the life of the model servant of God. And, uh, you know, we, we want to be faithful. Here's a pattern for, for all believers. Uh, they ministered in a, in a context of suffering and contention, but they ministered also with boldness. And that's the boldness of the Holy Ghost, isn't it? Because we don't have it ourselves. We, we need to depend upon the Holy Spirit. And uh, so God gave them boldness. Verse 3, for our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, uh, nor in guile, but we uh, were allowed of God to, to uh, put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Paul understood that he was given a stewardship of the handling of the gospel. All believers, we have a stewardship to be faithful with, and that, and that is the gospel message, and to share it with others. Paul understood that. He said, I, I have been put in trust with the gospel. We go down to, to verse 7, but, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished her children. The, the, the model uh, servant here shows gentleness. Verse 8, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us imparted their own lives unto them. They were sacrificial. They were gentle. In, in this stewardship of the gospel, by the way, this is how you reach out to other people. You, you go with this precious gospel, which as a believer, you have been entreated to have this stewardship with, and you go in gentleness. You go in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be opposition, but you go with the boldness that the Holy Spirit can give you. Only the Holy Spirit. And you go and, and, and you love people. You sacrifice for them. Verse, let's go down to verse 10. Ye, ye are witnesses, and God also, how boldly, 
and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believed that they, they, they were of godly character. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. They poured themselves out as a parent, as a father. They, they, they exhorted, they comforted, they charged as a father. Why? What's the purpose? They, that they would grow in Christ, they would understand that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom. For, for this cause, also thank we God without ceasing. Paul was so thankful. Because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. The truth. God has the truth today. We, we find the truth in the Bible, don't we? we? We find the truth for now, for living now. We find the truth as to how people need to make peace with God through having faith in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ. We find the truth about the future, don't we? Uh, the, the Bible gives us the, the, the truth for the future. What is going on? Well, we're headed towards that one world system, aren't we? But in the meantime, we, we, we need to be faithful. We have the stewardship of the gospel. And so we see all of these things. Verse 14, for ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they uh, have of the Jews. And so there, there is a price to pay. They were all in, but they were willing to pay that price. They were convinced. They trusted. They, they believed. They had confidence in Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Redeemer. And then he says about them, about the opposition, verse 15, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them uh, to the uttermost, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence. See, Paul was whisked out of there. They had to get him out. The Jews were after him. They wanted to kill him. So we've been taken away uh, for a short time in presence. Not in heart, endeavoring and uh, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. Satan's real. And as we heard in Sunday school today, Satan's goal is to kill everyone. Satan's all about death. The thief cometh but not but for to murder, to kill, to destroy, and to steal. That, that's his work. And so Paul says, um, Paul knew that. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are you not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? At his coming. There's that coming again. Jesus is going to come. He's going to come in the clouds for his own. So here we have another mention of what? The rapture. For ye are our glory and joy. What was, what was the primary uh, goal and purpose and prize in the Apostle Paul's life? Two things. Jesus Christ himself and souls. Jesus Christ and people. 
He says that you are our crown. You are, uh, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. For ye are our glory and joy. There's an example for us. Invest our lives in impacting others for the glory of God, for the kingdom of Christ, for their soul. Befriend them, love them, disciple them, teach them, share the gospel with them. And we see that clearly in Paul's life. We see in verse or chapter 3, rather, the, the model brother, and it's going to be Timothy, because Paul couldn't be there, so Paul sends Timothy to be with them at this church at Thessalonica. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to, to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother, and minister of God, and our fellow labor in, in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. So back goes Timothy to establish them, to comfort them in, in, their, in their faith. You know, it's a great thing uh, to be a fellow helper in God's local church. Are, are you content with being a fellow helper? I hope so. It's so important. You, know, you, you build yourself up, you grow in the faith through your obedience to the scriptures, to the, your yielding to the Holy Spirit, what he wants in your life. Look at the importance of, of, of Timothy. Uh, this minister of God, this fellow laborer in the gospel. Verse 5, excuse me, verse 3, that no man should be uh, moved by these afflictions for yourselves. Know that we are appointed there, there unto the afflictions. Christian life uh, isn't an easy life. Uh, it's a life of warfare, spiritual warfare. And, and let's be honest, all of life isn't easy, Right? Uh, you know, the unsaved people might think life is a breeze and life is easy. It's not easy for them either. Uh, but, but here, uh, the, Timothy went in to build them up and to teach them. Verse 5, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you and our labor be in vain. Paul was concerned that the tempter, that the devil, the, the, the old deluder Satan, by the way, our nation, when it was founded, had the old deluder Satan act. You ever hear of that before? The old deluder Satan act. And uh, it was going to be set up in, in our early days uh, so that the children could, uh, schools would be established by the Northwest Ordinance of 1787 so that children could learn how to read what? The Bible. Because that old deluder Satan, he's, he's after us. He's after all of us. And uh, so Paul was concerned about the tempter. Had they given in to the tempter? Had they given in to the lies of the devil? And so they sent Timothy. But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. Can't you just see the Apostle Paul when he got word back from Timothy? They're being faithful. They haven't given in. They, they haven't given up. They haven't given over themselves over to the lies of the devil. And by the way, when, when a believer goes astray, when a believer begins to, to, to go that way and to backslide away from God, repent. Yes. Repent. Turn again. God is a God of second chances and third chances, but just repent. 
we, we all battle. We're all of the uh, same flesh, aren't we? We, we all have uh, weaknesses that we can give into, and, and we've all failed. But just simply repent. And, but Paul gets this re- report, and, and it, we can just imagine how joyful he was when Timothy came back. So that the church is, is, you know, they, they got some questions, and Paul's going to address them. But overall, they're, they're being faithful. We can just imagine the joy that he had. For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks, verse 9, can we render to God again for you for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might uh, perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you, now, now here, here's, here's Paul, you know, he, this is the letter back that he's giving them. What, what's his concern? What's Paul's concern for the local church at Thessalonica? And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another, Increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Paul says that we're loving you. And by the way, what is true biblical love? It's meaning the needs of another. Sacrificial love. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son. Did God meet our needs or not? Yes, he did. Jesus Christ rescued us. Jesus Christ redeemed us. Jesus Christ saved us. So he, he, his prayer was that they would grow in love one toward another in the local church. Do you have love for one another in, your, in the local church? That's important. And, and to all men, it says, verse 13, to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in what? Holiness. What is holiness? It's a separation unto God, unto the truths of God. And what do we do? We, we say no to self. We mortify the deeds of the flesh. We, we have radical amputation, so to speak, where necessary. That he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. This is the what? Third time a reference about the rapture in these first three chapters that he may establish you unblameable and holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit. Jesus Christ is going to come with all the saints for believers who are yet alive. There's this resurrection that takes place where believers get a resurrection body. And by the way, let me just, let me just stop a second. You know, some people, and I've done it, I've been guilty, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But yes, we look forward to the rapture. Oh, I just wish the rapture would happen. Oh, I, I want to be raptured so I don't have to face death. Well, what does that just say? It's, it means we're, we, we don't want to die. We, we, we don't like pain, right? We just don't like, we, we don't want to die. You know, how, how are we going to die? Is it going to be instant? Is it going to be after a long illness of suffering? It, it could be, right? So we just don't like the idea of death because we don't like pain for the most part. So what do we want? We want to be raptured in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, right? Well, think about it for a second. All believers, all, all New Testament church believers, church age believers from the time of Pentecost, and by the way, Old Testament saints as well, we're all going to be raptured. 
the dead in Christ shall rise first. They died. They're going to be raptured. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air. We're all going to be raptured. So just don't hope and hope and hope for the rapture because it doesn't make any difference because the Bible says absent from the body, present with the Lord. And, this, and those who are present with the Lord, they don't have a glorified body yet. They're going to come with Christ. The dead in Christ shall rise first. They're going to get a resurrection body. And then we which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up together with the Lord. And, and we're going to get our resurrected body. So the rapture is going to be for all believers. Right? So, anyway, here's, here's another mention. Chapter 4. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so we would abound more and more. Now, was Paul teaching them doctrine or not? Was Paul and the disciples teaching these some former Jewish, some Gentiles, were they being taught? Absolutely they were being taught. They, they were being taught to, to love and, and to, to get onto that path of holiness towards God. Ye received of us how ye ought to walk. Verse 2, for ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they, these are instructions that they, they were given uh, according to the to the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, the commandments. What were the, these? And once again, this church is not a very old church, but it's a model church. They were all in. They understood their sin. They understood that sin of unbelief. They, they, they understood the old life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature, new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. They understood that. The, the, the power of the Holy Ghost had worked in their life at their conversion. It was, it was a mighty working of, of God's Holy Spirit. So the commandments, okay, what, what were they? For, for this is the will of God, verse 3. Uh, this is uh, the first one listed as far as the instructions that they were given. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Number one thing. Abstain from fornication, all sexual practices, thoughts that are outside the will of God, the teaching of the will of God. Abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, his body, in sanctification and honor. That, that not in the lust of concupiscence, evil desires, fleshly desires, sexual desires, even as the Gentiles which know not God. No, see, there's going to be a change here. God's way is holy. He's called the Holy Spirit for a reason, isn't he? He's holy. He's pure. He's right. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. You don't go beyond and defraud. You don't go beyond and cheat physically, sexually, mentally, in, in, in any kind of way, uh, anyone. You possess your vessel in honor and sanctification. This was taught. Was this important? Absolutely. Because once again, uh, fornication is a work of the flesh. The lustly desires of the flesh. And we have to say no. The Bible's very clear on that. 
the Old Testament verse. Uh, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? And so this is addressed throughout Scripture. But that was an instruction for the early church here at Thessalonica. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Uh, he therefore that despiseth. You don't like this teaching? He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He takes up residence in the life of the believer. He's holy. He's, he, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be dragged through the filth of this world, uh, of the practices of sin. No, he's the Holy Spirit, isn't he? And uh, we, we, we battle that. We battle that through what? Truth. We, we battle that through depending upon the uh, Holy Spirit, by, by obeying the Holy Spirit. So that, that's a, an instruction. And if you despise it, if you have a problem with what the Bible teaches, you have a problem directly with God. Not with the, not with the teacher, but with God himself. You, it, it's your stubbornness. It's your self-will. It's your self-reliance. It's your own self-dependence. And, and once again, God always calls us what? First of all, to get honest and then get, and humble ourselves before God. Then verse 9, but it's touching brotherly love. You need not that I... Write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren. You're doing it, <coughs> which are in Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye may, that, that ye increase more and more. So grow in love, increase your love. And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Work. Does the Bible teach the, the work ethic? Absolutely. If a man doesn't work, neither should he what? Eat. The Bible teaches that. The Bible doesn't teach socialism. The Bible teaches that a man should work. Even Adam was given the instructions to take care of the garden before the fall, wasn't he? Get out there and work and take care of the garden that God gave. That ye may walk worthy, honestly, toward them that are without, and that ye... Have, may have lack of nothing. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. But here we, here we go. Here, now he's going to teach them about the rapture. He's teaching them about this event. Is it important enough to teach about? Did, did Paul find it important enough to teach? Absolutely. So we don't have to throw it under the carpet. We don't have to be ashamed of it. Uh, it, it, was, it was one of the primary teachings that they had received as, as, a, as a new church. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those who have died, those who were in Christ, and those who died, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Don't sorrow. You know, we're going to grieve, of course. We grieve when someone passes, a loved one passes. But you don't sorrow as those who have no hope, the, the, the unbelievers, because they don't have any hope. What's going to happen? That's why they're so petrified many times and afraid of death. What, what happened? They have no hope. And, and the things they turn to after loved ones die sometimes, it's just bizarre. It's sad. It's, it's wrong. It's evil. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, his, if we believe in his resurrection... Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. See, they're, they're, they've died. They're, they're with Jesus. They sleep in Jesus. Absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. 
that the spirit of man has gone to be with Jesus, the spirit of the believer specifically, that's what I mean there, has gone to be with Jesus. Them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him this event, this happening. Verse 15, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump or trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. They're going to rise first at the rapture, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And by the way, when the Bible talks about the rapture, it's always a, a, a promising thing, a comforting thing. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18 here, we're going to read at the end, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Uh, in John 14, as, as Jesus says, uh, he begins there, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, there will you be, and I will come again for you. Let not your heart be troubled. That's a comforting thing. In Titus 2.13, looking for the what? Blessed hope. That's a positive thing. That's a comforting thing. That, that's a good thing. We are looking for the, we're not looking for this time of dread, are we? We're not looking for this wrath. Uh, there's nothing comforting about thinking about going through the wrath of God for the believer. As some have, uh, you know, just erroneously, I, I believe, they've gone that way. I, and I, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying it's a test of whether or not a person is saved or not, but, but they've gone erroneously. They're, they're losing so much of, of uh, looking for the blessed hope and, and awaiting his return. And so it's a positive thing. It's a comforting thing that's taught in the Bible. And then verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together. A catching up. Some people say, I don't like the word rapture because the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, call it a catching up then. Because that's where it is. The word, the, the word caught up there is the Greek word harpazio. From where we get the word harpoon. I have memories of being a boy and going with my grandpa to a, a local uh, spot. There was a bridge right next to a dam. And every year at a certain time of the year, the carp would be running. And lined up on the bridge, right below the dam, would be all kinds of men, men and boys, and they had their, they had their carp spears. And a, a long wooden pole, and on the end of the uh, pole was this spear with about four uh, sharp tongs sticking out. And they had a rope tied to the end of the long wooden pole, and they would stand on that bridge, and they would harpoon, they would spear, uh, they would throw their spears down in, into, the, into the shallow water of, of the river and, and to spear carp. Harpoon them. You harpoon them, and then what do you do? You pull them up, right? You pull them up. And uh, th this is uh, what caught up means, uh, being harpooned. Well, that's the Greek, and then it was translated into the Latin, from which we, we, we got the word rapturio, and that's where we get the word, English word rapture today. So, 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Harpooned up, caught up. Jesus Christ uh, rapturing up, catching them up. Some people say, well, I can't believe that. Well, then you don't have faith. Can you believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? We, we, we believe the Bible by faith. And if we can't believe what the Bible teaches, then, then we're not believing the Bible. There's something definitely wrong, isn't there? Well, this is an event. We're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We shall forever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The, the teaching of the rapture is to be a comfort for all believers. Comfort one another. I'm going to try to go quickly here so we can finish this up. As I said, we're doing an overview. I'm doing a lot. Usually I don't preach this way, but I, I wanted us to, to get this overview of the Thessalonian model church and some of the concerns they had, the things they had been taught, the faithfulness they, they exhibited. Verse, uh, chapter 5, verse, verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you for yourselves. Know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, the day of the Lord is a phrase found in the Bible, and it's a reference to times of the, the, the tribulation, the, the great tribulation, the day of Christ, the day of the Lord. The, 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 these are events that, that are going to happen after the rapture. When this earth goes in, uh, this timeline of, of the history of mankind uh, goes into a, to a different time. So you, you know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and, and they shall not escape peace and safety. Well, the rapture takes place. Antichrist is going to come upon the scene. He's going to sign this covenant with Israel, this peace covenant, and it's going to go for, for a time period. And then the Antichrist is going to defile the temple of God, and uh, the, the Jewish people are going to realize that they have been deceived. And that's going to be about midway through the tribulation. And so the, the destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Another reference to the rapture. We're watching for the for Jesus Christ. We're not watching for Antichrist. We're watching for the coming of Jesus. Let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Let us be sober. Let us put on the breastplate of faith. Be people of faith. Be people of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, this is very clear, isn't it? We're, we're getting some clear instructions in this epistle. For God hath not appointed us to, where there it is, wrath. He's not appointed us to wrath, being in this day of the Lord, but to obtain salvation, deliverance. The word salvation is the word for deliverance and rescue. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. 
He's going to deliver us from the wrath to come. Who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should be together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. There's the word comfort again. This news of God's deliverance of his people from the time of the wrath to come. He's not appointed us to wrath. Uh, These are words of comfort. Uh, Don't take these words of comfort and these teachings of comfort and, and toss them out of the Bible. Uh, don't disregard them. Verse 12, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Know them that are over you. And, uh, verse 13, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for your pastor. Hold him up. Pray for him. Encourage him. Love him. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Okay. You know, this is an active ministry. This is uh, an active walk, an active walk of faith. We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. We'll warn them in the church that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Warn. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. Well, that's, that's a picture of what? Yielding to the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Because our flesh wants a pound of flesh. It wants to get even. It wants to fight back. No, as we yield to the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Be a people of rejoicing. Be be a people of, of giving thanks. This, this is who this church was. This, this is Paul giving them instructions back in this letter. He got a good report. He encourages them back, uh, back to them, encourages them uh, with these instructions. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. 1 Samuel 12, 23 says, God forbid that I should sin against God and, and to fail to pray for you. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, in everything. That doesn't say for everything, but it says in everything, give thanks, doesn't it? Quench not the Spirit. Oh, how can I quench the Spirit? The Holy Spirit's working. That should be a sobering, sombering thought for us as believers. Am I quenching the Spirit with my attitude? Despise not prophesyings, the preachings of the word of God, the preaching of the word of God. Prove all things. Look in your Bible. Be a Berean. Prove all things. Trust God. Hold fast that which is is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Not just evil, but from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's that? Another reference to the rapture. Unto the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ. May you be, be preserved blameless and, uh, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God is faithful. Amen. You know, we, we, we need to test that truth that God is faithful. We need to trust him in difficult times and we have difficult times. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding all the ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Simple truth. Trust in the Lord. Things are difficult. Times are difficult. Trust 
in the Lord. Faithful is he that calleth you who also do it. Brethren, pray for, uh, for us, Paul says. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So, the rapture is important. The Thessalonian church, where are we? What's going on? What's happening? Second Thessalonians, a little bit shorter epistle. It's going to talk more about the tribulation itself. That's what, we'll, Lord willing, that's what we'll look at tonight as we gather together. So it's an important teaching. Many other instructions. We see why they were the model church. They, they had a heart to, to follow Christ. And this is an example for us. These are instructions for us as God gives us direction as well. Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people that make up this church. I pray that their hearts, Lord, would be encouraged from your word today. It is so true and so holy. It it, it reflects everything that God has for us, his good for us. May we be faithful. May we test God. May we prove God. If there'd be any here today who have never received Christ as their own Savior, Lord, convict them of their sin of unbelief. They are in unbelief, and their unbelief will send them to hell if they die. God's not willing for that to happen. Show them the love of Christ. Show them the love of God who gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die for them, to to pay the penalty of, of their sin and to receive the penalty of the wrath of God. So, Lord, do that work. As believers, Father, draw us to you. Draw us in faith. Draw us in trust. Help us to to have this renewed look at this plan that you have for us, this purpose that you have for us. Help us to bend our wills, Lord, to give up our wills, to set aside our own selfish ways, and to yield to to, to your will for us. It, It is so much better. And we ask this in Jesus' name, for his glory. Amen.